This is the Grouse House Podcast. Get ready for a big chat on sport footy. Oh, we talk all things. I'm just so excited. Bounce that pill. Happy 28th of August, folks. What a date. Lovely to be with you. Huge weekend of sport, but then we were also everywhere this mm. week, and we're both uh, cooked from planes and shows. We did six, six in four, six in four. Yeah, it was too much. Very tired, but great. Thank you all so much for coming. We'll get into the the reads of the uh, the tour later, but we're also on the other side of a, of a first year old's birthday. A huge shout out from the Footy with Broden to Atlas, Tom's son, who ha- who celebrated his first birthday party today. Mm. Um, was was he happy with it? Do you think? I think so. I think he was a bit over it towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of faces, a lot of playtime. You know, I think he was a, a bit exhausted. Of, by a lot the of end. old people around him, sort yeah. of looking at him. Yeah. And you bought five hundred dollars worth of pizza in the end, or so what? we came in at three hundred and forty in the end. Oh, that's a huge saving. And we have pizza for days. Like we got so much left over. How many pizzas did you get for three forty? So what we got. And I did the maths on this earlier. I think we got 19 large pizzas. Not family, but a good large. Yeah, just a large, a classic large. For 340, which I think ended up being about 17.90 a piece, I think. Okay, right. So it's a... I mean, that's normal. That's no saving at all, really. Like, that's how much a large pizza costs, yeah? Yeah, totally. I think still feel like it was a good deal. They delivered it to us. No, no, it's a very good deal. I think 340 for... How many pizzas did you say again? 19. Great. So if you divide 340 by 19, you get 17.8. So yeah, about 17.80 a, a, a pizza. That's good. Mm, grouse. Okay, the tour was very good. We had a great time. Uh, I, I've. Which was your favourite show? Uh, well, it was hard, hard to say, really. They all blurred into one. Yes. The Sydney one was the best room, for sure. Yeah, very good comedy room. Rhino Room, though, also a great comedy room. But yeah. the store is a classic. But the corner had was lovely as well, wasn't it? Because it's a really great venue with sound and yes. all that sort of stuff. And we were treated like musicians. So around, who was the sh- band on after us? Uh, Magic the, Dirt. No, the, there was one. There was like a death metal, like. Oh, I thought that was Magic Dirt. No, no, no. Come I saw DZ Death Rays were going to be there soon. No, there was a was like a maybe Norwegian or some shit. Oh right, called the Come Lords. Oh like. yeah, it was like Death will do us part or something, wasn't yes, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Magic Dirt. Yeah. And so we got treated like we were musicians. And so they, that means you get the rider. We had all the fizzies we could ever want. Mm. On ten, we, we on the first night we were there, we both, they said you get 30% off all the pub meals. Yeah. And we were like, great. You had a Palmer. Yep. I had fish and chips. And then 10 minutes before the show started, this lady just brought in a plate of like six schnitzel sandwiches mm. schnitzel like burgers yeah and we we're like what the fuck are we supposed to do with this yeah it was real rough yeah. so we were trying to get people to come backstage like people we knew to like please come have a sandwich but no one wanted the sandwich it was I, difficult I ate one out of sort of frustration and, and necessity mm. you know to feel like we were using the rider and a big plate of fruit which you know is great yeah, I Just, picked at the fruit yeah yeah um, and then the other places was all great too yeah, I've I've created our my top eight things from the tour. Okay, and obviously people went to give me some sting. 
obviously people are going to have people who went to the shows are having a much different experience of it from us and they like this or that every show had a very unique thing about it Mm. we had some mental people you know like saying you know we did we predicted the premiere of each game and each each crowd did something ridiculous Mm. it was good fun but here's my top eight in no order of things from the tour Mm. at eight I have, uh, when we were in Adelaide, I said to the tech at the Rhino Room, which is where we performed, I said, where do you get a good pizza in town here? What's a good pizza in Adelaide? Mm. What's the best pizza in Adelaide? And he said, oh, we don't really do that. (laughs) He said, oh, we don't really have good pizza here. We just kind of do dominoes. It's 2023, guys. Mm, That's disappointing. You can't have bad, you can't be having bad pizza in this country Mm. or overpriced pizza which is like when there is good pizza in Adelaide it's $30 for a large mm-hmm. you know and you just said you got one for $17 mm-hmm. uh, it's it's yeah that's a, shame. a real shame number seven we keep getting feedback from people in Adelaide you got to go to this bakery O'Connell's Bakery O'Connell's Bakery you keep talking about Cafe de Villiers being the best one in the world you haven't lived until you've been to North Adelaide and had O'Connell's Bakery so we got to Adelaide we did Cafe de Villiers immediately then we went to Adelaide Oval we walked in there and then we'd been in Adelaide for like 40 minutes and we realised we'd done everything mm. that there was to do in Adelaide because Gather Round wasn't on. Gather Round is a magical time. <laughs> but outside of that, not much going on. So we go, all right, well, let's go to this O'Connell's Bakery situation. So we go there, we walk in, they go, we're only doing cash. And you go, oh, great, where's an ATM? I haven't had cash in, I haven't carried cash with me I genuinely in maybe two or three years. Yeah. And you were the same. You had no cash on me. And they said, you've got to go to a petrol station across the road. So we waddle across the road. We go in. There's a line of people at this one ATM because there's no ATMs around anymore because no mm. one uses cash anymore. It's a mm. cashless society just about. Yeah. And then we uh, we get their $3 surcharge, right? Yeah. So I get I get a $20 note. How much did you get? Yeah, I got out? a 20 out too, yeah. Yeah. And... It was $3, so $23 to get $20. So we go back to this superstar O'Connell's Bakery that everyone's telling us about. We walk up to the counter. You you got served first. Mm. And I'm like, great, no dramas. Then I turn around and a line has formed behind me and just started to be served at another counter. So they served us from like over the fridge section and then over there in front of like the coffee machine and cashier they just started serving other people. And behind us as we come in, there was like nine people. Yeah. So you got served and then nine people got served in front of me. No one, like me standing there just going, oh, you know how long I've been here. You're overlooking me. And then they went through all nine people and then a little boy behind me in his 20s maybe goes to Adelaide Uni. He's behind me. I'm next, I'm waiting. And she just goes to him, what are you after? And so I was like 10th in line. <laughs> they just disrespected me entirely. They did, yeah. And then I got a donut and it was shit. Yeah, the bakery was very average. All you people that wrote in about O'Connell was very average, guys. And I just want to say, the shit thing about cash is, I've still got it. Yeah, I've got coins in my pocket. I've got coins in my pocket. I've got, right now, I've got $2.20 and a $5 note, and I've got nowhere to use it. And I, I went out in Sydney for breakfast with Joe Kosky, and, he, and I had the coins. And he's like, why have you got coins? Yeah. Why, what's, and he made fun of me for having the coins. Because he only operates in like online. Oh, yeah, he only pays stuff. in NFTs and yeah. such and, and things like that. And COVIDs, is that what it is? Yeah, COVID, or cryptos or something. And so that was, that was, that was an experience, O'Connell's. Uh, Magic Dirt. They were playing at the pub after right. us. Yep. Magic Dirt. I spoiled that one. That's a you. highlight. Yep. The cor- and this I was spoiled by myself. Corner Hotel Food, I thought was good. 
It was. If good. you're ever seeing a gig in Melbourne at the Corner Hotel, get there a bit early and go to the pub. I reckon. Oh yeah, it's got a lovely like. What did you call it? A rooftop. Well, I, I, every yeah, but what they've done specially, like, is most places have a rooftop. Mm. They've turned their rooftop into a bar. Yeah. So you can walk around on it, as opposed to pigeons who yeah, walk right. around on rooftops usually. Yes, rooftop bar. Um, but I never went up there. I did. I went up there because I thought it would be nice to have a palmer up there. But then there was a couple of people who said hello and I got nervous and left. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, th- uh, my next one, fifth one, is I genuinely thought we would get to Sydney and there'd be a crowd there and then they'd, I'd start the show and they'd go, oh, no, we don't know what football even is. We just sort of, we just, we're just crazy and we mm. didn't. But the crowd that showed up were all diehard footy fans and yeah. it reinstilled in, in me that Sydney is a footy town, mate. Mm. Cool crowd of footy fans. It was footy fans and then supportive partners yeah. who didn't know for an hour and a half what was going on. Yeah. And that was good. I think I think you threw me under the bus a couple of times up there as well, which was fun. What did I say? Uh, you made me answer no dick, the, no dick boy, the Jordan Dawson critics, and <laughs> yeah, I, I made him answer. <laughs> I was like, I just won't mention all that Jordan Dawson fun we, stuff. We and... definitely did play them against each other in Adelaide. <laughs> we were like, oh, that was a disgrace. Yeah. The way that they called that, and in Sydney, we're like those sooky Adelaide fucks. <laughs> we definitely played them against each other. Hundred percent. The next on my list, I've mentioned already. Number three, supportive couples. They mm. were at every show. Yes. Not always, but what I, when I looked out in the crowd, there was always a nice partner of someone who was a dorky fan of ours. And let's be honest, everyone at these shows was a dork because oh, yes. the two people who were on stage are also dorks. So everyone who came was like, oh, we're all dorky talking about footy grid. And so in the crowd, there was a few people being like, I'll come with you to this live podcast. And just this looks of confusion for the whole show. Thank you to the supportive couples for coming. Can I say two things on that point? Yes. One, excuse me, I'm a jock. No, you're not. And secondly, I realized over the tour that like listening to a podcast is a entirely solo. It's a personal project. It's a personal project. So I feel like that's the thing you don't necessarily share with your friends. You know? No, and it's good. A lot of people were like, I'm going by myself yeah. to listen to this podcast. And it was great. It was yeah. really lovely to see people just like, I'm going to this and I appreciate I would have done the same. Yeah, I like that. Um, at two, I liked what Footy Grid did to the crowd. So we played Footy Grid at some point and what it usually did was divide the audience into two groups. One was like normal people and then people who were like, oh, go under the edge of the grids and uh, would get off on the data and the, and the deep statistics and would just start screaming out. Mm. Uh, so that was funny to see happen every day. And then uh, lovely gifts. Some guys in Sydney off Lady Ladybird, my Ladybird thing where I called it Ladybug, made T-shirts that said Greta Thunberg's Ladybug, <laughs> which was very funny. Thank you so much for that. Yes, we had the Worthy Cause cookies. Yeah, and they were, were really good. They were like a charity that um, helped vulnerable people make cookies and stuff. Yeah, I rated them. Yeah, they were very nice. And, and then, that yeah, it was great. And so thank you to everyone who came. If you couldn't come, that's totally fine. We understand. We will um, we'll put sections of it out. And then come next time. It'll be great. Mm. It was very successful. When, when we put it on sales, I, like, I don't think this is going to go well. And it was a very, very successful week. So that's fantastic. Hey, let's talk about some footy. There were sections of Friday night's game where I, th- where I was like, Essendon should be relegated. Yeah. The Collingwood Magpies beat them by 70 straight points. But then as the game went on, I thought Essendon kind of kept level, 
But it just so happens that for the maybe the first and second quarters, they had the worst games of football ever played by football teams to the point where someone shared with me, Nick Giannopoulos on the, on the social media. Thank you to Aaron Gox for sending this to me. Shall I read out what Nick Giannopoulos said on the Essendon Football Club's post? Sure. Like all of you Bomber fans, I love the Essendon FC. He made Wogboy. Yeah. So you would love him. Yeah, of course. I'm as committed to supporting this team as much as I ever have. To all the Bomber faithful, let's never forget who we are and our 100 plus years of winning culture. Fact, the Pies are still one premiership win behind the 16 flags won by the mighty Dons off the legends like Reynolds, Coleman, Hurd, the Danahers, the Maddens, the Watsons, Long, Wanganine, and many, many more. He, this is an essay he wrote. Oh my God. If you're, and then blah, 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 blah. You got to wear that. You got to do it. You got to, we are proud. We will never back down. We are stronger than ever. Never lose faith. To quote the great Billy Ocean, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going fucking, fucking. Because you know his character yeah, in, of course, yeah. in The Wog Boy, who's like, I want my farking money, farking. Yeah. Farking. Which I so like a lot. What I like is he put a bit of Wog Boy into the post. Just a bit of a laugh afterwards, you know? Well, for a, for 99% of this, he's quite sincere. Exactly. And just saying kind of, you know, pretty much AFL jargon, jumper yeah. on 110%, the likes of Hurd and Danaher and et cetera. Yeah. Uh, but yes, shout out to uh, Nick Giannopoulos, the wog boy. Mm. Um, I, I wasn't so sure that they did get a bit better as the game went on or did Collingwood take their foot off the gas because I most thought likely that. 70 was um, quite flattering, to be honest. Checkers and Ginnivan, three goals each. But Myacek, do you know who Myacek went and saw Luke Coombs? Oh, yeah. So maybe, you know, Luke Coombs, he's yeah. that, he looks like you. Like he's got the beard. The country stubbly beard. And he, but he wears trucker hats and he did the cover of Fast Car. Yeah. And uh, dudes love him. Mm. Like apparently Eddie Betts loves him. Yeah. And um, he went to that Collingwood game the other week. And I know Brody Mychek's a big country music guy. Yeah, right. And he went. So maybe he was instilled with the magic of country music. He might have been. Sammy Wiedemann back, kicked two goals. Mm -hmm. That's a positive. Okay, does this put Collingwood back in the position to be a premiership contender? No, I, I don't think this tells us how they're going in any way. Does it play them into form? No, no, I don't think so. Um, because too many of their key cogs were missing anyway, you know? Like who? Like Darcy Moore, like Nick Dacos. They'll be back for week one. And there's more that I don't that I, I can't think of off the top of my head. Um was it Bobby Hill and Dugowie were out as well, maybe? Bobby Hill came back. Oh, they might have come back. They might have been the ends, potentially. But no, I think it tells us absolutely nothing. I think um, most VFL teams would have smacked the Dons by 70 points. I don't agree. I think Collingwood are going to come out and be like, we're pumped and ready to go in form now. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be good for their mental, for sure. Against the Ds. But I don't think it tells us anything. You know what I mean? It's only 11 days away from now. Did you know that? Mm, and the wait. Pies have had how many days? They'll have a 13-day break. Dees will only have an 11-day break. Yeah. What does that tell you? What do you think of that? Yeah, and it's all because they're trying to make sure that another team gets a longer break the next weekend, right? Yeah, I guess so. It's something to do with that, yeah. So it's a Thursday night game. What, what Does that mean that Nick Dacos will be back in time for this game? That was my understanding, that he's training well, yeah. He's training well? Oh, he's running or whatever it is that he needs to do. I saw, was, I saw him on a bike. He was three days ahead or something like that. Like, that's how crazy enough they're going, is I oh, saw, yeah. like, he's three days ahead of schedule. <laughs> so the, so he will play on the Thursday night? Yeah, and Darcy trained on, Darcy Moore trained on Friday as well and was good apparently as well. So so do they go back to full strength for the first round of the finals? I'm not unsure if they'll be full strength, but they'd be close too, right? Do you want, should I look up the injury list? I think you should. 
Okay, yeah, I was wrong about to go in Bobby Hill. They came back for the game. Yes. Um, Moore's good. Murphy would have to prove his fitness. And Dacos is off crutches, ahead of schedule, and started bike, gym, and pool-based exercise. So at the moment... Pool-based exercise. Yeah, pool-based exercise. So basically on their list, it looks like Charlie Dean, Kruger, and Ryan are the ones that I don't know who they are, and they're the ones that aren't available by looks Well, that's very strong for them. Yeah. So Dacos is still a TBC, so we won't hold our breath. Okay, great. The next game, Saturday... Let's talk about Saturday and let's talk about the first game, Tom. Mm. This this brought fury out of you. And it brought fury out of North fans as well. I think no yeah. one was happy with this game. No. North versus Suns. Suns were up for a while and then halfway through the third quarter just started playing shit and were yeah. like, nah, nah, we don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. I'm glad you said that too because that is how it, that is definitely how it felt. Um, it felt like they were running on on empty, you know, like they re- had really cooked it. Not everyone, because I, I went into some analysis when I was doing my malakas for this week. Mm. I went into some analysis to see if there's any stats that could back up my. They, there was no effort. Yeah, and actually, like the the tracker, you know how the AFL app has the tracker and everything. Yep. It actually showed that a lot of Suns made huge efforts. So in the distance covered, we had five of the top five, th- so- three, four of the top five. Sorry. Yeah. In top speed, we had four of the top five. Mm. In sprints, we had three of the top five. In work rate, we had five of the top five. So I reckon you won. It was just interesting that like, this is why we talk about um, the futility of stats often, Broden. Well, uh, or is is our stats not futile at all? And we should start to measure wins (laughs) by them as opposed to points. Because who cares what a point is? Exactly. It really depends on work rate, top speed. I often think about points, right? Is every All sport is, like, for the most part, any ball game sport, Mm. all it is is the numbers of it's, you know, 49 to 44. That's all it is. Yeah. But very rarely do you ever hear anyone talk about the number. The number? Like, the number of the, the scores. Like, people will be like, Oh, that was a great goal. They're back in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're feeling they're, they're starting to become further away. But no one ever says like it's only thirteen. Very rarely is it like it's thirteen point. They're thirteen points behind. It's it is. I'm getting philosophical here, but it's only an indication of how good your team is. Yeah, but it's it's all it is. Mm. I'm getting deep. Do you know what I mean? I, I sort of get what you're saying. Uh, let me tell you some things and tell me. It's an if elephant. It helps you. It's an elephant in the room. You're at the MCG. Yeah. It's all happening. You're watching these guys, and then everyone is just looking at that scoreboard. They're darting to that scoreboard, but no one's ever saying any. Like they're like, "Oh, would have been good to kick that." It's oh, all. Yeah. And it's never. It would have been good to kick that because that would have equaled six points, which would have put us six points closer to the other team. And like no one ever says that. So what are they saying instead? Well, we're close now. Yeah, right. We only need two more. Yeah. We only uh, we got no chance from here. Like, but we're never saying the numbers, and it's all about the numbers. Yeah, because that's all I focus on. Yeah, but you never say it, do you? No, not really. Well, as really. we're sitting here, yeah, it's forty nine to forty four. Germany is leading Australia at the half, right? Yeah. But we're like, oh, they need to get moving here. It's yeah. that we're never saying it's we're only we're not. No one ever says because it's too obvious. We're five points behind. Yeah, right. I get what you're saying, but I think, um, yeah, it's too simple to look at the score because that is just an answer to the question of yeah of why. And like, so we look at the Suns, right? We won the clearances. 
And we won the centre clearances, right? Yeah. We had more contested possessions, less possessions and stuff. Yeah. But what we really struggled with was marks we were down on. Marks inside 50 was 22 to 8. Contested marks were down. So is it actually the effort was there? We just couldn't convert in the forward 50 because we couldn't take any marks. Was the effort there in the top five players but not in the bottom five? Like is the disparity yeah. between... Those? I don't know, but to the eye... That's what the stats could suggest, right? Yeah. But to the eye, it looked like there wasn't much effort from everyone. Could it be that North just have a fortress down there? Yeah, I mean, and the Suns play awfully away from home, right? Mm. Yeah. But also, I think it's also the fact that their new coach walked in during the week and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to take this team and we're going to win premierships. Mm. See ya. And then left. He said, I'll see you in November. Yeah. And then Stephen King's had to come back in and go, all right. Yeah. Let's this week matters yeah. for some reason that I can't really put my finger on. Yeah. You need to care this week. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, why? Yeah. No, no, no. You make a very valid point. Why would I care? I think the reason why they should have cared is like, it was poor enough for me that that loss, I felt like, set us back. I felt like that loss actually set us back. Are you suggesting that they sack Hardwick? I tweeted that. Did you say that? No, did you actually tweet yeah, that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I, I had a funny tweet that got 22 likes. I'm Congratulations. Reading. Oh, actually, it's up to 32 likes. Wow. Now. I wrote, disgraceful, insipid, fire dimmer. Yeah, fair enough. It's very funny. And on the other side, North fans are a bit upset that they've lost Harley Reid. Yeah. But, you know, the truth is a win is better than... Because I think about that, right? How good is one player going to be? Well, that's why I'm feeling on the other side to uh, go off your point is like, I know that it could very easily written off that loss, but I feel like that loss did damage. I feel like a win to to finish the season, to go into a dimmer preseason is actually really valuable for us. To have tanked or to be shit, have 22 men, like full grown people lose for the power to get one other man. Yeah. Is like bizarre and weird. Totally. And they're going into the preseason with all this belief. Like, look what we did. We've got a full forward who can kick nine. <laughs> Nick Larkey's <laughs> the best player in the world. He's up there. Like, nine we've goals. Got, we've got a rising star winner who just played every single game and averaged 30 disposals. You know what I mean? And our retiring greats weren't that integral to our side. Like, we've got so much positive. Whereas the Suns walk away going, geez, we've got some fucking big issues. I think the Suns go, it's all going to be fine. We're about to get all the boss in, you know. And I just think that's the worst attitude and maybe it does damage. I think that's exactly the attitude that why we lost. If they think it's just going to happen for them because Dimmer's there. Yeah, but Do you that, know what I mean? But like, Phyllis, above the players, right? If they're treat, if, if there's genuinely players there who are like, we don't have to worry because Dim is coming in and they've got that mentality, which is the problem with the Suns is, is the underbelly of um, we don't care. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He'll fire them. They yes. won't play for you anymore. And this so, comes back to... So, yeah. that means that it actually doesn't matter that you lost. I know, and, that, and that's okay. But it goes back to, remember you asked me a few weeks ago, um, are you excited about Dimmer coming? Mm. And I was like, I'm not sure. Could it be a total rebuild? What you just suggested points to a total rebuild. No, I if think they need to bring they, in these kids, if they need to sack 40 players, I agree with you. But they won't. Like Matty Ray on the weekend with 33 disposals, it, it will shift. It will just anyone who is a momentum down on themselves, like drops out when it's hard player, they'll get the sack. But then you only need to sack one of them to send a message to someone who could not, who is, who's not going to be that. 
it, 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 it happened with Ruse. It happens, it happens with, you know, when good coaches come in. It will be fine. I, I hope you're right. My only fear is, and I'm, I'm up for it because fuck it. Like, I'm go for a fourth time. My only fear is that it won't be top eight next year. It might be the same or worse next year. And then in two years, where, when we've got these new kids in, when, you know, yeah. Flanders, Raul, Anderson are all 27, 28, if we can keep them together, that's when we might be clicking and going for it, which would just hurt a little bit, but so be it. What's a stat? How it, what's the stat you need to create to show how good Larky is, right? Because like, how many games have um, Carlton won this year? Consider, not considering yesterday's game. How many had Carlton won? They'd won... Um, Carlton had won... Carlton had won 13 games. They've won 13 or 14 games, depending Correct. on who yep. wins this game that's still going on while we're talking. Yep. How many... So And he's kicked the most. Yeah. So how? what's the stat we need to create that shows how good Larky is? You know what I mean? Like per capita? Is it what's the equivalent of per capita? You know what I mean? Like well, I, Adelaide, I guess you're talking per game, right? Yeah, like, Adelaide has the most serial killers in the world yeah. per capita. Yeah. So there's eight people that live there and yeah. four are serial killers. Well, I mean, this is an interesting that you brought it up, right? Because I don't think it's as clear cut. Because my gut, and this is just some discussion I saw on Twitter, right? The clear cut thing to me is it's way harder to kick a bag of goals in a in a shit team, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a fact? It's a legitimate fact. Yeah, because there's a lot of people on Twitter saying that's not true. Oh, um, it's, they, yeah, so if we take it as fact that it's super... It's harder to kick more goals in a shit team. Yeah, if we take that as fact, which I, I'm definitely on board with, then I guess it would be they are the 17th worst team and they had the third in the Coleman medal, right? Yeah. So if you take Adelaide, Tex Walker, who was second, but their team had 11 wins... Yep. And Charlie, who won, who had 13 wins. Or 14. 14 wins. Oh, yeah, time of recording. Then, yeah, there must be some mathematical um, way of realising that Lucky's way better than both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky, clearly. Like, that's incredible. And I think if your team's the worst, then you get the, the best defender. Yeah. And you get their second best defender and you get their third best defender. Yeah, although for whatever reason, Charlie Ballard was on Nick Larkey and, oh God, he didn't do a great job, did he? Was Sam Collins on... <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I was watching this game, but I didn't really notice, to be honest. But it's, it's very, it's very very exciting for them. And then Sheasel should win, I believe. People trying to call it a close game, as you said the other week. It's rung in my head. They're, oh, it's a close rising mm. star. In no way is it a close rising star. No, for me, I, I think I said, I did say this last week, didn't I? That mm. uh, I think that's a boring narrative for the media. Yeah, it's not true at all. He's been the best since day one, and that's boring. They they never want a clear-cut winner, right? They want to throw up yeah. different possibilities. Yeah, And, and, and Mitch Owens has been fucking awesome. Yeah. But... But then also, the second best got injured. Yeah. And we'll have to drop. Yeah. Um, so, we talked about Cochin retiring. He's going straight into the revival of Talking Footy, Tom. Do you remember Talking Footy? Uh, the song goes, Talking Footy. Kind of like that. He goes, Talking Footy. Uh, then maybe I don't know it. Well, it was pretty much the same song. Talking Footy. No, it was, 
talking footy. Yeah, no, that's not ringing a bell. You, I, I feel like you are thinking, you're thinking the same thing as me. Anyway. But the song rings a bell. I've never heard of this. It's going to be on it. It's going to be on during the finals and it's going to be hosted by Danger and Trent Koch and maybe people are going to host it like Luke Darcy or something. Oh, right. But that's the... They're bringing... Anytime they want to do like a footy classified, they call it talking footy, right? Right. But I thought you wouldn't have heard of it. So I'm just going to pick a segment at random. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was found by David M. Green, who writes, writes on the McAuliffe program, but uh-huh. he found an old episode of Talking Footy from uh, ages ago, back when it was on air. So it was um, Caroline Wilson, mm-hmm. Bruce McAvaney, and that old guy from Carlton, who also coached the Brisbane Bears, but I can't remember his name right now. I want to say Richard Watts, which oh, is yeah. not, it's not him at all. That's a guy from 3AW or something, no, isn't it? No. Um, all right, here's a, this is them talking to uh, Nick Holland from Hawthorne. Uh, yeah, well, basically, because I, I hadn't had, had much game time. So. Okay. <laughs> Good on you. And something you're going to be really interested in after the break, uh, it's got something to do with umpires and interpretation, forwards and backmen. Oh, I look forward there to it. There it is. Oh, yeah, no, I've never heard that before. Just going to an ad break here. Next, amazing scenes in New York where a plane has crashed into the World Trade Centre. Oh, we'll go live oh. to. Hmm. Sorry. Um, looks like this episode was recorded in September. Um, all right, well, there's that. But so, welcome back, talking footy. Excited mm-hmm. for it to come back. The second game. Let's jump over. Yep. Let's go to Hawthorne versus Frio. Explain this game to me. Explain how this happened. Explain how this possibly happened. How? How could this possibly happen? So, Hawthorne have been young and flaky. Like they have been. Like they've been doing this all year, where they have amazing form and then. I start tipping them and then they lose like five games yeah. in a row, right? So it's not that crazy, but the performance they put in like the last two or three weeks, mm. yes, it's absolutely good. When you looked at that isolated, yeah, it's crazy, right? But if you look at it holistically as a season, they did this all year. Explain this. Explain Frio to me. <laughs> Frio? I don't know. Like, they just like the MCG. I think they just like the MCG. Isn't that crazy? Like that is- Why? That's so why powerful. Are they, why them, are they right? like this? Why are they so flippant and flaky and weird? It's so weird. But yeah, Brayshaw and Sarong really showed up. Um, our boy Luke Jackson. Are they all just mental? Game. Are they all just doing like a weird last round, like it's the last day of school mental thing? Amos had three. Luke Bruce had two. And then Brayshaw, Brayshaw 33 and one. Sarong, 32. Will Day, 30. Yeah, like, oh, bizarre. Yeah, I have not much to say, really. I think you could be right. It probably comes down to the group's mentality. How many of them are halfway to Bali and half of them are really kicking themselves that they could have done something this season and maybe made a name for themselves and they didn't didn't quite get it? Oh, well, they're they're done. Hawthorne, we already said you're buying and Frio, we said we're buying, yeah? Yeah, I I think, I mean, I I still think this year might be an outlier for Frio. They're a watch for next year. They could definitely be a watch, but they're they're not gaining anyone. No, they're not getting anyone at the draft table, but they are getting years and games into young players. And they find they finished in the end 14th, so yeah. fifth last. How many Sunnies, games did they win? Eight or nine? Sunnies have finished fourth last, man. Uh, I'm t- it's like, I think we might have to rebuild again. That's what, that's my biggest fear, Brad. No, I don't agree with it. It's just, it's just, it's dire. And it's then really Hawthorne dire. third last, which is, they'll get a nice pick there. They're the, they're the uh, Smokies for getting Harley Reid, I reckon. Are they actually pick three? Is that how yeah. it's going to work? Oh, well, it depends on where the North on get compensation North on it. Yeah, yeah, right. But that there is, they've got a very strong argument for going to West Coast. Hey, you're 
I think they like a guy called I forget who they like. They like someone in West Coast. Oh yeah. Who could very well be around at pick three, mm-hmm. and they might give them something. Yeah, right. Hawthorne, Hawthorne, Harley Reid. That would North would be really upset with that. So do you reckon Hawthorne gives a player and pick three to get Harley? They might find something. They'll figure out whatever they want. There's I mean, gonna, there's going to be a bidding war between Melbourne, Hawthorne, and North for West Coast's pick. Yeah, I was going to say like that. I'd, I'd be I'd be open to that if I was um, West Coast. If that player and the player you like at pick three. Yeah, that could be better than one player for sure. It depends all on who the player is, right? Is there a West Coast he, local who wants to go home? No idea. Okay. But Harley Reid is liking posts that shit on West Coast. Like, for me, that's that's the end of the discussion, yeah? Yes, I think so. Although, like, um, that little thing that that guy did on that podcast really opened my eyes because I hadn't realised that, like, Ben King openly didn't want to go to Gold Coast and they drafted them anyway and they've changed his mind and stuff so maybe even at this level West Coast still believes it but if I was the list manager at West Coast I would stay way clear of that dude that's what I said to I would say to North as well right is that Harley Reid apparently is going to be awesome but what are the chances he's the best like in, yeah. in the history of draft picks it's always two and three or four. we've and talked about this already 13's the pick you want but who knows? And this is a media thing as well, right? We always... They're saying he could be generational, yeah? They, yeah? He's special. But don't we do this every year? Tom Scully was the next Chris Judd. Yeah, don't we do this every year? Like, yeah, yeah. sometimes they say, oh, it's a weak draft this year, which means they actually don't know or mm. they haven't researched people enough. But yes, I, I feel like he could be overhyped for sure. But he'll be fine. But yes, worth... A player in pick three? Probably not. We just kept talking about how the Saints, how it could be a Ross Lyon game where he coaching mm. masterclasses a win mm-hmm. in, in the Gabba. And for like three quarters, I thought that was actually going to happen because it was boring, slow, lockdown, impossible for Brisbane to get points off. But Brisbane were just... Saints are just not good enough and, and Brisbane are just good enough to survive that. Yeah. That's how I thought that went. Do they you know, got out of there. 12, two straight goals. Did it. Yeah, did you know there's only three players in the last five years who have kicked 250 goals? I think the top two Me? are obvious, Braden Kelly. Um, the top two are obvious with the two Geelong boys, Jezza Cameron and Tom Hawkins. So two of the three players that have only have kicked more than 250 goals in five seasons. The other is Charlie Cameron. Yeah, he's a gun, man. He's just a gun. Like yeah, he, yeah. He's never in the Coleman discussion, right? And do you know, yeah. They just know. quietly over five years has kicked 250 goals. Like, how great. And do you know what? Mm. He has really defined muscles. Yeah, right. I, I think that's really good. So when he does motorbike. Oh, uh, yeah, I love the motorbike. He's, he's got a very, very pro, uh, what is it? Very visible mm. um, uh, tri, triceps. Yeah. Tricissimus dorsis. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, I think Charlie could have a big September. If they go all the way, I think they need him to have a big September. He'll be doing his motorbike a lot. And Joe Danaher to miss a few from five metres. That's what I wanted to point out as well, is Joe Danaher from five metres in front missed a goal. Mm. And then it just does your head in. Like, clearly they've been told mentally to just, like, ignore it and run back. Don't show any kind of weakness. Yeah. But as a fan of humanity i'd love to see that person go i'm a big fucking idiot yeah for doing that because they still do the high fives and stuff right because it's all they about celebrate. Like, keep your mentality going like even if you miss right but they just run away <laughs> they just run the camera's tight in their face and them just running yeah just running it's uh that that is ridiculous that he missed that yeah it was so <laughs> still funny two goals there. I, i'm all about it bit of character in the game brizzy flag they could do it they've got now got port in the gabba yeah that's great for them i love that yeah 
Fred Port. We'll talk about Port shortly. But let's talk about some other stuff. I'll talk about EPL for a second. And I'm not a big enough EPL fan to be, to be able to talk about anything apart from my team, Tottenham. So sorry about that. But I, I think it transcends because Ange Postacoglu is the most loved sporting figure in England right now. Mm. Have you seen any of the songs? Uh, I've been watching the things you've sent me. So I, could I uh, table a few questions to you? Yes. Uh, are they actually playing well? So they have not lost. Right. And they how many games? Three games. Yep. They've drawn one and yep. won two. And I've watched them all. So they beat Bournemouth, mm-hmm. which I learned is a town on the coast, yeah, the southern I love, coast. I love it. They beat Manchester United. Oh, wow. That's pretty big, right? Yeah, they're pretty good. They're and, in the top. And has it been a significant like focus on the coaching or are they just playing well? Like, oh, has man, it been the, pointed out? It's... It's it's it has Craig McRae energy mm. in that it's like um, it's yeah Craig McRae energy like he he's positive he comes into the media the two people before him was a guy called Antonio Conte which is like a super revered guy who's very mm. defensive and then before him Jose Mourinho and another guy in there big meme stuff defensive guys defensive yeah. guys right and then the, he's come in and been super positive he says he's like any Australian when they go to the UK or go to America. They say he's saying mate so much. <laughs> yeah. He just keeps saying mate. Um, but he, they're winning. He's really open and positive about them winning. Yeah, I was. I, that's I guess what I was wondering. Like, is it more his infectious personality, like his media performance and stuff? That's like really driving the love for him. It's, or it's is crazy. It both? It's crazy how much it's like Collingwood as well. As they were, they were very defensive, and now they're incredibly. Run, 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 win, win, win. And they've lost, like, the Charlie Curno of EPL. Yeah, they lost the English Harry captain, Kane, right? Yeah, right, yeah, who's yeah. kicked the most goals for England in the history of the sport. Mm. And he's gone to Germany because so he's Did like, they loan him out or something? No, they sold him oh, they for, sold like, him, 95 right. million pounds. I mean, that. that's not bad. But then the, the crowd... He's been there three games, and the fans are writing songs like this. You can keep your Pochettino, that's a guy, yeah. Conte and Mourinho, ex-coaches, and even Christian Gross, don't know who the fuck that is, because no. every we go, I'm loving Big Ange instead. So it's a parody of Angels instead. Yeah, right. Can I say something funny, bro? Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to rain in your parade. Yep. At some point, these fans with so much passion and love. Mm. They'll turn. We'll turn, and it's oh. going to be equally funny, I reckon. Yeah, no. I hope it's in like six years after three championships or something, but yeah, yeah. when they turn, it's going to be class. Ange Poster Cog. Ange Poster Cog. Oh, that's fun. Oh, Ange. Because it's a great name because it's so. Uh, s- there's so many syllables. Consonants, Poster. even. Poster Cog. Posta Coglu, yeah, so it's 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 got like a drummy beat to it. Yeah. Posta Coglu, which is four, which is good for uh, you know, I don't know. Ange Posta Coglu. It's a yeah. great it's a great song to sing. There's someone was doing Ange Posta Coglu, Ange Posta Coglu, which is waltzing Matilda. Yeah. It's just really nice. And it's just this Greek dude from Melbourne. You should be rapped. Your oh, brother rapped. your brother in law, Zach, mm. he's even rapped, I think. For Greek Australians, this is the best thing that's ever happened. 
Yeah, and he's big Man City, I think, my brother-in-law, isn't he? He's a big Man City. Yeah. He's a city of man. Oh, no, sorry. I'm in a Manchester (laughs) City uh, fan, I think. No, yeah. So, shout out. You should get on board with Ange. I'm on board. I don't know how you find the time. That's what I don't It was on on 9.30 last night, and uh, the footy was boring. (laughs) They will get shit soon, I think. Like, good teams will start figuring him out, but it's just really nice to watch. Absolutely. Because he's almost rebuilding him. Hit that sting. The games on Saturday night were the Cats versus the Doggies. Doggies needed to win. But for a long part, long part of it, Cats were resting everyone and they looked like yeah. they were going to win. I mean, good on the Doggies that they managed to get it done. I was really worried for them. Like, I, I think Libba being back is... Libba and Viney are just these two... Yeah. I, I see a lot of similarities. Do you? To me? Yeah. These you see, oh, between those two. I, I feel like Viney's 100% undoubtedly having his best year ever. Yeah. Do you know what they both have in common in my mind? Yeah. Is they old men who played footy love them. Yeah, they're contested they, oh, guys, Jake right? Like, or oh, Tom Liberatore. They don't win Brownlow's or maybe Best and Ferris, but they will. They should this year. And they're not the most flashy players, but when Bulldogs don't have Liber, yeah. they lose. And when Viney's not playing to his level, Melbourne lose. Yeah. And but you still wouldn't think in Melbourne that Viney's in the top five most important players. I wouldn't have thought. No. And potentially with Libra as well. Viney this year is Viney won the game for us on Sunday. Absolutely, he did. Um, and he's done this many times. This yes, year. He, it's actually makes me get emotional. Yeah. Thinking about him because the game you're like we're losing we're losing momentum and then he'll do something, just really special. And every team has one. I think that's how Cats fans think about. Joel Selwood, and yeah, yeah. that's how you know every team has that one player who just like does that. Yeah, Matt Rao does it all the time for the Suns. Yeah, um, and that's just very nice to see. Yeah, so I, I think Libba was a, was potentially a big part of no, he them is. getting it back on track. And um, yeah, doggies have had a great year, but where do we think the cats? We'll talk about the doggies later when we talk about finals. Yeah, but where do we rate the cats on their year? They're out. They won a premiership last year, but they didn't even make the finals. Yeah, I don't think Cats fans will be too upset. D's, D's fans or D, the media smashed the D's last year for going out in the final straight sets. Yeah. But we made the finals. So how? surely it's disgraceful for the Cats to not make the finals. They certainly have special treatment for it, and I think that's fair to say. Yeah, they do. They, um, get, that, they get that peninsula love. And the thing is, like, they've got massive private school energy, right? Who do? Geelong. Geelong. Because the thing with the D's, right... Is it's like you guys were down for so long. Like most of my life, I feel like that I've watched footy. Mm. You guys were down, yeah? yeah? So when you went out in straight sets, it was like you're missing this great opportunity that you might not have, right, in the future. Whereas the Cats, it always just feels like they're always winning. Well, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? They're always I, around it. I've, I've been watching long enough to remember when the Cats were shit. Yeah, you know so what? That's crazy. And I remember when they won their drought-breaking final because all through the 90s, the Cats were in flag after flag after flag that they lost and lost and lost. Yeah, Billy right. Brownless never won a flag. Gary Ablett Sr., one of the best players in the history of the AFL by all accounts, never won a flag. But they, they were so playing they, finals? Like a lot of They grand played a finals? bit of finals, but they never won. Like yeah, it was right. and they were like this true like was they were they were framed as like the miserable losers up the fucking coast. That's so funny because yeah, since I've watched They've yeah. always been in it. Yeah, pretty much it. pretty much like it was a generate Mark Thompson was a huge part of it. But for a huge part of, um, like, maybe since, like, Cameron Ling was kind of in that movement of, as it started to come through and be good. Matthew Scarlett, mm. fullback. And then Gary Ablett Jr. coming in as, like, the icing on top. But then 
around them just this generation of guys who wouldn't let it like there was a guy called I think Peter Riccardi who wore black boots oh, yeah. and I associate him with Geelong being shit yeah right so it's it's but it's time for them to go away for a while that's what I'm saying because I'm saying like that's why I think they don't get the bashing that Melbourne gets right yes because it's like it does feel like you guys have got to work out as many flags as possible while you've got Petrarca, Oliver, Gorn, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas with the Cats, you just assume they'll be back next year. And I think Daniel <laughs> Hoyne said something along the lines of, I actually don't think they're done yet, which is so annoying. He reckons yeah. they're going to fucking bounce back next year, which is deeply upsetting. Because and, uh, yeah. we, need a, we need a rest. I, I would be very happy for the Cats to bottom out for a while. Yeah, but they won't. They're too well structured, and Chris Scott's too good a coach, unfortunately. Yeah, totally. And if if if, if they don't, if they can not have gastro, yeah, they are a brilliant organization from top to bottom. Yes, they're rich. They have a brand new stadium. All of their organization is just so highly run, mm. and they have so many smart players who've been led by great leaders that they're going to be around forever. I think actually, I read. I could be wrong, because um, I'm. I should screenshot these when I see them. But I'm pretty sure this is their lowest finish ever, Brent. Ever? Ever. No. Yeah. They've finished Not ever. They've finished 12 like three times and that's the lowest they've ever finished. Ever? Ever. I wish I could fact check this right now. That Is sounds, there an easy way of fact checking entirely this? impossible. Yeah, no. Uh, because there was times where they played, they've finished bottom of the ladder, but it was only 12 teams or something. Yeah. Like there's technicalities to it. But this wow. is like their lowest finish. I mean, that could ever. be possible. Uh, do you, what would I Google to find that out? You, you go, how come the cats are always winning? What if I went Geelong's lowest ladder finish ever? Maybe the tweet or the article would come up? Yeah. I have no idea. No, but I, I'll just take your word for it. And then, do you know what? Someone's going to tell us if we're right or wrong. Yeah, if anyone can work. Oh, no, no. Here you go. Yeah, so all I can see in Wikipedia is the club finished 12th, its lowest finish for over 40 years, and its equally lowest ever. A notable recruit for Geelong came in in the form of Matthew Scarlett. So what you're talking about yeah. is the like, turn. that was literally their lowest ever Matthew was when Scarlett. you were watching them. When yeah. you were watching them before Scarlett came in and I started watching them, it was their lowest ever. And they've been good since. Yeah, so isn't that crazy that, like, I think about the Suns and how we always finish 16th yep. or lower. Yep. And there's a team out there that have never finished lower than 12th. Well. So this is a bad year for them then. <laughs> yeah, it's their worst year ever. <laughs> uh, the other game on Saturday night was also had the same energy. Is was West Coast versus Adelaide. Yeah. And it was Adelaide are going to win this. Mm -hmm. West Coast shouldn't win this because they'll lose Harley Reid. But thank God the pain is over. Yeah. He's at peace now, <laughs> West Coast. He was in so much pain. I'm happy he's not in pain anymore. Yeah. Was the vibe. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm genuinely just sick of talking about the Eagles and how much they suck. Yeah, and it's not going to be any different, is it, next did you, year? Did you see Kane Corns on Sunday morning footy show said, he said uh, McGovern's performance on Tex Walker, who kicked, what, 10? Nine, nine. <laughs> What's happening, by the way? Why is everyone kicking nine? Why is everyone kicking 100 goals again? I've got it in a, a little spoiler warning for Suvlaki's later, but I think genuinely the full forward is back, Brad. That'd be good. Maybe it's, yeah. If it can stay for a whole season, that'd be fantastic. How many did Kerno kick? He kicked 75 or above. Yeah. As of recording. I would love if it stayed around. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, so, he said that McGovern just played one of the worst games of football he'd ever seen. That's really Which interesting. Which is unlike Kane Corns to say something so... I weird. know. I wonder if there's any statistics that back that up. Like, did he... Is there a way to look at how many one-on-ones he, he lost or... No. He just showed a lot of footage. And the footage, may I say, was damning. Yeah, right. 
But uh, Adelaide Crows got it done. They finish on the ladder in good old-fashioned 10th. So only yeah. two games out of the finals. Oh, yeah. Some would argue they should be playing finals. Yeah. If Crows had been playing finals this year, it would have been really, really massive for them. Yeah. I don't want to rub it in too much. Yeah. But if the because the D's won, they would have been in the finals. Yes. Swannies would have been out of the finals. Yes, they would have been. They would have missed out. Bit of, but then it was funny today as well, just to talk about the Crows and that goal a little bit more. Everything's cool for a score of you. Everything. Yeah. I had a feeling it might happen. Hey, is Tex going around a couple more times? What's the go with him? He looks fine to me. You can't. They were going to force him to retire like you two can't, years ago. You can't force him to retire if he's kicking nine goals. Yeah. You just can't. Do you remember when they yeah. were talking about him retiring? Yes. It's stuff? because he said the most awful racist thing ever. And they said, oh, yeah, well, it's probably about time you move on. And then he oh, started right. kicking goals. And like, oh, we can oh, forget. We most. can forgive. We can forget racism. most. There was a chance that he was going to get picked up by another team. Yeah, right. Which, yeah, he's. How old is he? He must be like 42 or something. <laughs> like, he's so He's old. on the pension. But, like, to be putting out those sort of performances, like, he must get offered a three-year deal, right? Well, he's only 33, which is old and it's retirement age, but he could go around again and look and, and fantastic again and just keep going. Yeah. Do you reckon he just does one year after one year after one year deals? Yes, I do. Yeah. And that's what I believe he'll do. And then West Coast, bad luck, re-gear, see you next year. Yep. Crazy that Adam Simpson's going to run it again. Good run luck at the trade table. Yep. Next segment. We're going to talk about the boomers robbed last night against Germany who are cheating dog, dog fucks. They're my opinion. My whole thing. They've won one game. They're yeah. still in the round. We can still win it. We're just going to have to come out. Um, Firing. Yeah, we, we have to. We can. I believe we can still leave the group. Yeah, yeah. We can still win this is what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, I hate Germany. Can. Assholes. I thought the whole thing is, when we watched a good chunk of this game, I thought the whole thing was fever, is people complain it's over-officiated, you know, too many calls, all that sort of stuff. And the, the NBA players, or often the American NBA players, to kind of just because they can't get away with travels and blah, oh, blah, blah. There was no officiating in this game. The umpiring <laughs> is, um, the refereeing in fever is ab- abhorrent, really, really bad, but... I mean, they have to get it together pretty quickly and stuff, and they come from all over the different, all over the world. I think. Having said that, they can go fuck themselves. That was Honestly, so annoying. I every mean, char- every charge by one of our players, and I don't mean a foul of the charge. I mean, every drive to the basket was fouled, and none of them were called. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, very upsetting, but we can still win this. Is all I'm saying. Patty and Patty and Josh Giddy, our boys, yeah. had a bad game. Mm-hmm. We're fine. Don't worry about this. Nothing to see here. That's all I got to say to that. Yeah, bad game, but um, yeah, Paddy still had eighteen of the in the first half or something, didn't he? Crazy. Yeah. And then we move over to Sunday, where what happened there? Oh, there was games. This was the game where, where no game was overlapping. Yes, correct. And the first one, local time, started at twelve. Yeah. And I'm here for brunch ball. Yeah, I'm all about it. Maybe get to the game, have a flat white, have some pancakes or a bacon and egg roll or something. Yeah. Maybe a mimosa, you know, an orange juice and a yeah. champagne situation. That'd be great. It's got local footy vibes, right? Yeah, well, what, that's the problem with it, right, is it's killing local sport. Because right, it, is that why they don't do it? Yeah, because I think the idea is when you're young, you go and play your... Under 10. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're done by... 11, 12 in the morning or whatever, and then you can go to the footy if you want, or they're not trying to compete with Yeah, no, I think that's, that's got something to it. But here's my argument, is like, screw those kids. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I hear. If, they were, if we wanted to watch kids play so badly, why aren't we watching them? Do you know what I mean? They're slower, they don't have as much skills, they're not being paid to do it, mm. and they're losers. 
and they're on TikTok and stuff. So that's my opinion. It's about growing grassroots though, Brad. Yeah, well, if I want to see that, I'll go to Chris and Mari's. Now, <laughs> uh, my concern as Dennis Schroeder hits a knockback three is Richmond Tigers. So they lost today convincingly and by like 30, 31 points. Yeah. But they were in, they were within a goal of it the whole game, right? Mm. They had this huge send-off last week for Trent Cotchin and Jack Rewalt. Yeah. Uh, if I was Jack Rewalt and Trent Cotchin today, who had this big... like they, The only reason they didn't play today is because they wanted to finish at the MCG and right. have this big send-off moment, right? Yeah. If I was both of them, I'd be hard for me to not imagine them being a bit like... We probably should have played. I, I wish I was playing because they could have helped them win. Another full forward. They had two debutants today. Sure. And that was kind of the framing of it is that's actually good because two players are getting a chance. Yeah, we've bled a couple of players. But then it's a, that thing again of like the te- the last generation of Tigers players are more important than any of you. That's what it kind of said to me mm. is because we won three flags. This me- It's more important that they look great and we tank out this game. 100%. So there's this whole team with a standing coach who's the next generation of up-and-comers and they had to play a game that they genuinely could have won and they put their heart into, but they had no chance because they wanted to do this weird, it has to be at the MCG. Yeah, totally. It has totally. to be with a, it has to be gra- all the players yeah. around. I, I, here's my thing, Rat. I'm all for it, yeah. I'm all for history and honouring our champions and, and I don't think many Richmond fans care because they lost three. If you go watch the NBA mm. for like one season... You might have a player who's part of the furniture at a club that plays for 10 years and they can get traded in two minutes and the best they'll get is maybe a video when they come back and yes. play. You know what I mean? And but that's no, that on the other side of that, when someone like Kobe or whatever retires and then it's this huge song and dance, they're bigger at song and dance than here. Well, they are when like, yes, you're right in the way that like LeBron hit you know, got the all-time points thing and they stopped the game yeah, and yeah. had interviews halfway through the third yes. quarter and stuff. But then they're also not like, they're also, when Ben Simmons got traded from Philly after seven years and three all-stars and right and the, and the rookie of the year and stuff, they were just like, see you, mate. We hate you. See you later. We'll but play you a video next if time. If Ben had won three flags, they would have done something for him, I assure you. Like, yeah. de- like when Jokic retires, it'll be the hugest thing. In- but I just thought, they could have won with a really experienced ex-captain and a really good full forward. 100%. I, I, I just don't know how much. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting about what you're saying is, do we value thanking past players or is, should the focus always be on what's next? Yeah. Do you should, know what I mean? Should well, it be a cutthroat? Uh, there's and- a whole generation of like 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds who are supposed to be the face of Richmond who are going to be there. They don't even know who the next coach is. And they're being treated like you're, we know that you're actually going to be shit. And uh, totally. And it's more important to us that you guys send off these guys in a good way yeah. than show up next week. Feels a bit shitty. That's my hot take opinion. And then Port, on the other hand, uh, pushed. They looked average for three quarters, but then pushed ahead. Rosie with 33 disposals, one goal. Dusty had 33 and one. Yeah, he's just quietly having an, a potential all Australian. Yeah, he's he's having an all. He's in all Australian discussions. Yeah, he should. Has be. how many games has he played this year? I think he only missed a few, right? If any, actually, now that I think about it. Like, didn't he just have a, like, just quietly came back and just worked his way into form? Yeah, this year he's averaging 23 disposals, uh, disposal efficiency 65%, um, three clearances a game, a center clearance a game. He's kicking one goal three. Like, yeah, not not bad. 
not bad at all. No, no. I think the thing about him is it's like the game-breaking goals and, you know, yeah, I think so. But it looks like he played just about every game, to be honest. Yeah. Well, that's big for him. Yeah, totally. Um, And then Port, where do you think Port are now as we go into finals? Again, like same with Collingwood. Like, I think the win is good for them. I do believe that. Yeah. I don't think it tells us, the outsider, anything about their form or, yeah. or where they're at. Yeah, it starts all again, hey? Yeah, I think so. That's it. We'll see where they really stand in about a week's time. Yeah. I think, like, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think and are you ready so. for me to get my nuffy on now and talk about Sydney, Melbourne? Yeah, sure. This was hard for me to watch because Sydney looked fantastic and I thought this was the best... Best rev up for finals that we could have possibly had. Sydney is such hard contested bastards. Mm. They're awful to fucking play because they're so brutal in the midfield. And the D's were ready for it. The worst news is that Melksham has got an ACL and he's done. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God, that's awful. But Bailey Fritch, who came straight back in, kicked five goals. And I need to cop it and say, I'm back on the Bailey Fritch train. I was off Bailey Fritch. Because I thought he was a bit selfish and lazy at points. But if he plays like he played today, I'm on board again. He's a momentum player. And if he can get right for four more games, yeah. oh, buddy, I'll, I'll, I'll eat his hat. It's funny that you say that, though. Two things. I had a great joke for you set up at the start. Yeah. Right? You said, this game was really hard to watch. Mm. I was like, I know. I'm sorry my mother was holding Atlas in front of the oh, yeah. TV. I had to watch it for a quarter at a, uh, at a kid's birthday party. So it was very hard to watch. And your mother was watching, standing in front of a TV with it. Yeah. But then, um, uh, you know, it was also good because you've got a really nice TV. I do. It's massive. Yeah. Secondly, though, um, I watched Bailey Fridge thinking about your previous comments. Mm. And it was funny because I absolutely agree with you. Like, those snapshots he takes, like, yeah. are so risky. And he yeah. is, does just get the ball anywhere and go for it. And I could see that in a win. Hey, how good, right? Like, yes. he can snap it from anywhere. But if he lost, if he missed two or three of those yeah. and Sydney won, I can see how that would be infuriating. Do you know why Sydney is a buy just for one reason? Mm. The only, re- like, if you add nothing else, Sydney's a buy on them. Yeah. Errol Goulden. Yeah. Is, he's, he's, he's like, could be Paul Kelly, Brett Kirk levels, Sydney greatness. Yeah. And the funny thing 40 was- disposals, yeah. two goals. 42 disposals even? Did he get a couple of takeaways? He got 40. I had him on 42 earlier. Um, The funniest thing about him, and a little spoiler alert, he's in my Suvlaki's for later too, but today wasn't statistically an amazing game for him. Mm. Like he kicked two goals, that's crazy, and he had 40. But a bunch of them were uncontested. He had like 10 turnovers. But the thing is, it's like when he kicks a goal, it really matters. Or when he does something special with the ball, it really matters. So he does have these games with inflated stats where you could argue the stats are a bit empty. He's a big-time player. But he is a big-time player, and he has these great stats. And yeah, he's. I think that... I'll leave it for later. I've got more to say on him, but he's a super. On the other hand, Christian Petrarca, kick kick a goal, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> Had a couple kick of straight, times. man. I'm yeah. you're like, why can't you kick goals? Kick goals, man. Yeah. Please. You look you're so good. God's Just please kick goals. Yep. All I ask is that you kick goals. Is that too much to ask? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That was frustrating. But no, I feel really good about the D's to be honest, apart from Melksham going out. Yeah. And I'm hoping everyone gets their injury free. Do you know we added two more players into the list today who are Fringe players, one in Disco Turner. Oh, yeah. yeah and he was fantastic. Turner, yep. And yep. then also Bailey Laurie in his second game looked fantastic as well. So there's a bit of there's a bit of pressure on. Who's who's Laurie? Is he the other Ruckman? Bailey Laurie. No, he's another little small guy. Oh, right. We have a lot of little small dudes and he's another one. So 
they're desperate for marking players, so they put Turner back as the third tall in the back line and looked super at home. So when you say third tall, are you talking... Instead of Joel Smith or Harry Petty. So what role does Salem play then? Just Salem's a small, for, uh, small defender with... Uh, like, he's, a, he's the kicker out of the back. Yeah, so he doesn't really defend. Who, who, uh, Salem. Sal- yeah, he, he defends, but he's like... He's who they try and give it to when they're exiting. Yeah. Him and Trent Rivers. He's a specialist... Uh, yeah, backline rebounder. Absolutely. And the final game of the week, mm-hmm. GWS against Carlton. Carlton won four hundred games in a row. Yeah, but they've lost to they've lost to Toby the Green Giants, and the, yeah. the Toby Green Giants. Yeah, uh, it makes sense. Carlton are in, they couldn't move. Yeah, but GWS and Sydney are both playing finals. It's a yes. New South Wales both in there. Very cool. Yeah. So Saints are going to play. GWS, I think. Yes, that's correct. On current, like there, we got very close down to the wire with eight minutes left. There was only three point three percent percentage dividing St Kilda and GWS. All right. So let me be honest with you, audience. We are recording this with eight minutes left in that game, but as it stands, GWS will be playing Saints in Melbourne. Yeah. And Carlton will be playing Swans in Melbourne. Yeah. It's correct. a great week for footy in Melbourne. Oh, totally. Because then it'll also be Pies in Melbourne. And it will be Brisbane in the in uh, the Gabba. Yeah, that's why they'll do the Thursday, right? So they can fit three Melbourne games in Melbourne. Yeah. And they'll yeah. all be MCG. Yeah. Wow, that's going to be so cool. Yeah. That'd be. Inc- I'm sad. I'm overseas. That's yes. going to be absolutely incredible. Be on a flight. But uh, the way that Carlton kept them to that exact thing, I hope so that we're not wrong. If if we <laughs> if that's not what happens, that's not what happens. But I I what does this tell you about Carlton? And um, again, nothing. Like the Giants had so much more to play for. Um, tells you everything about the Giants, though, doesn't it? it? Tells you that they're just awesome. That they yeah. they were supposed to be with Hawthorne, West Coast, and North, and they absolutely weren't. Yeah, that's so cool. It tells you so much more about about the Giants. It doesn't tell you much about Carlton. And like I know Joe's gone on about this all year, but Blake has got subbed off. That's another huge injury blow. It might be one of those things where Carlton had the momentum. They had that. Yeah. Next one up, but maybe this is the one too many injuries. You know, like they got they got to live. They'll have two weeks off now. Yeah, hopefully um, super helpful for them. The Acres injury is not serious because he's just one of those guys who's been a key cog. I think. What's a win for Carlton in the finals? I think making the finals. I think they were horrendous mid year. <laughs> They'll be very upset if they exit immediately, and partic- Swans are a hard task. Are they like Dons where they haven't won a final for like ten years, or are they not? Like, when was the last time Carlton won a final? Or even made a final? Like, not in my lifetime. Um, Carlton won a final. Yeah. Well, or played they, in a they final. They were famously in the year that Essendon were found guilty of the doping scandal. Yeah. They played with Mick Malthouse as the coach and Chris Judd was in the team. They went, they finished, I think they finished, they finished ninth. Yeah. And, and so Essendon play. were not allowed to play finals. Right. So they came in mm. and Richmond, who finally got into the finals for the first time, always finishing ninth, mm. got into the finals and Carlton beat them. So they were not supposed to be in the finals right. and they won. So Richmond were beaten by ninth. And what year do you reckon that was? Like 10 years ago? Oh, forever ago. Maybe like 12 or 13 or even, yeah. About yeah. There. Then I think that it's a huge win for Carlton just to make the finals, honestly. I think if they, as long as they show up. In, round, in the first week of the finals, I think that'll be a win. There's always one team that has this huge momentum run. Melbourne in 2018, Pies last year, 
um, doggies. There's always one team that makes a huge momentum run, and it'll be mm. really interesting to see. I think it's one of the two teams that we're talking about. It's either Giants or Carlton that are going to do that. That's funny, right? Because I the teams that I had and I kept going on about last week and the week before that were on their momentums were the Swans, who lost yep. today. Giants who lost last week yep. and Carlton who lost today. Wow. So it's like all the teams that I was hyping up as like, no, these are the informed teams of the competition. Then Yeah, they've now lost. So it might be the Ds in Brisbane who are just sneakily just yeah. really finding form at the right time, you know? I'm so relieved we don't have to play Brisbane and the Gabba. Oh, that, that, that that's a loss, awful. I think. Awful. Well, that was a good game though. It was yeah. a fun way to end the season. Great game. All right, let's do, let's do Malakas and Suvlakas. Alright, so I've only got two Malaki this week. Mm. It's a big year, a lot of positives this year, you know? Yeah, you don't have a lot of Suvlakas. I've got heaps of Suvlakas, oh, right, not right, a lot right. of Malakas. Oh, I get you. So I just want to give it to Essendon. I like, honestly, I felt like the 70 point loss was flattering. They clicked three They kicked three goals 13, bro. Mm. That mm. alone should give you a Malaka nomination, let alone losing by 70 points, don't you think? Yes. That's an incredibly poor accuracy, isn't it? <laughs> Can you tell we've, we're fucking cooked? Yeah. Big week. Um, can I add a very, can I jump in and do a very quick Malaka for me? Sure. Tom's birthday for Atlas today mm. was at one. Yeah. And I just, I somehow in my head convinced, I inceptioned myself that it was three. Yeah. So he's messaging stuff like, oh, lots of kids. <laughs> oh, you know, cake. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah. Well, the, and then I said, Time's to start, and he said one. And I was just walking around for an hour and a half in my house, just <laughs> watching the footy, and I had to get my car and scream over. And also, how come Atlas doesn't like me? What do I have to do to make him like me? It doesn't. He. It's not. Uh, let me. Let me. Two things, Brent. First it, of all, it's not that he dislikes you. I'd say he's still got a lot of stranger danger. Well, I'm cool. He's getting better though. Oh, does he know I'm a YouTube star? <laughs> he does. He listens to your podcast every every like three times a week. So, and why does that? That's why does he hate me then? He doesn't hate you. He just is a bit coy around you. But if you came over every week, he'd get used to you. He looks at me like I'm the devil. No, no, no. He loves you deeply. But the funny thing is, <laughs> a lot of people were like, "Where's Broden?" You said Broden would come in. I was like, "No, he's just doing his thing. He'll show up at like two thirty or something." I and did I, show. I, I did just, show up at two thirty. <laughs> yeah, then. I just thought that you were, you know. Pop in when you're ready sort of thing. The only thing I really regret for you is that your pizza probably was cold. Yeah, but now you've got me a whole box here. I've got given Braden a whole large pizza. Do you know what? Yeah. I just had, it was really good pizza. It was, you know, mid-level mum and pop kind of pizza. Yeah. And what I really liked about the pizza, I took a bite into the margarita. I got that real garlic vibe. Mm. It was really there. I thought yeah. they did a great job. Good choice. All right, back to your Malakas. Okay, great Malaka. I'm the Malaka again. Okay, so, so we got Broden, Essendon, and then I, I had Gold Coast. We spoke about it like ad nauseum, really, but I, I think I, I I look back at this year and like there's positives. There is positives. You can always find positives, and I'm excited for next year. I genuinely am. Yeah. But this was a disgraceful failure. We should have <laughs> been. We didn't even end up competing for top 12, yeah. let alone competing for top eight. And I really thought. With the list and the experience we have, uh -huh. we should have been at least competing for top 12. 15th, there's no other way to describe it. It is an absolute failure. Fair enough. What else you got? Suvlaki is. So that's a negative. Oh, great. Who do you give it to out of those three? Uh, I, I, everyone makes mistakes. We give it to the Bombers. Yeah, we give it to the Bombers. All right. Suvlaki nominations. Everyone who came to the live show last week, big Suvlakis. Yes. You're all legends. Well Good done, Suvlakis. Um, I've nominated the Suva himself, Nick Suvlaki. Who's that? Uh, Nick Lucky. 
Oh, Nick Suv Larkin. I think that's his nickname, I believe. I it's love the big Suv. The Suv. Oh, that's really great. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's just so impressive. Nine goals against the Suns, who, if anything, I, I've been quite up about our defense and, and Charlie Ballard and Sam Collins, and he just tore him to pieces. So, bloody good on you, Nick Do you know Larky. what the thing I knew first about Nick Larkin? Yeah. Uh, was that he can do really good impersonations. Yes. I know this as well. Does, it, does he do a Roger Federer? Yeah, he does. A, he does, a, uh, a, or one of those, one of the two. Nadal, I think. He, he does, does Nadal. Okay, okay. Here it is. This is from Oz American Aces, another podcast. Check that out. This is him doing his his Nadal impersonation. He kicks nine goals a game and can do great comedy. Check it out. <laughs> well, <clears throat> oh, uh, oh, hello everybody. This is me, Rafael Nadal. I'm Nasar Kyrgios on the weekend. He was not appropriate to find his spit. He's got a bit of personality. Do you know what I mean? That impersonation, like it's not accurate, but it's fun and it's character driven and it's over the top. I love it. I think yeah, that's great. Some impersonations are exact, but some impersonations are about the essence of someone. Exactly. And that's nailed that for sure. Yeah. Um, the next Suvlaki nomination is the return of the full forward. They were saying that a player would never kick 100 goals. They were saying the traditional full forward is dead. Um, wrong. Yeah. I, think, I don't know if it's 666. I don't know if it's this funny standing the man rule. Whatever it is, it's working. And we have like three players who kicked over 70 goals this year. How exciting. I think it's great for footy. Good stuff. I love it. I reckon Melbourne, you get one. Um, a Suvlaki? No, I reckon you just get like a big full forward who kicks 80 I goals. I would really like that. How good would that be? But then there's a lot of pressure for that player not to get injured. <laughs> yeah, if, if you become dependent on them, then you build your whole life around them. You know what I mean? 100%. But it's just like, it feels like... When we were growing up, that was a big part of footy. You know, the big full forward mm-hmm. who kicked 100 goals? Mm-hmm. We just haven't had that in footy for a while, and I think we do now. Um, my next Suvlaki goes to Buddy Franklin. Um, yes. It was his retirement today, sad scenes at the SCJ. Do you think he should have been drinking? I love that. I'd love that he was just sitting in the stands on I the thought, champers. I thought, I, I, do you reckon that might be a headline? I'll come back to that. <laughs> okay. I just thought it was really funny that he was yeah, getting on the Terps as far yeah. as the scene. Uh, very emotional, and I don't think he probably got a Suvlaki nomination this year, and I think... Oh, let's give it to him. Let's give him the Suva. Well, hang on. I've got one more. Well, well better be good to beat Lance Franklin, a thousand goals. So we already spelt, spoke about Errol Gordon, and here's what I want to say about him for a Suvlaki, was... I don't think he's underrated. That would be wrong because everyone knows he's a superstar. Yeah. But I still think he's suffering from Vic bias. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the way we go on about Nick Dacos. Yeah. Errol Gordon has got nowhere near that same amount of hype, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I think he probably should. Like he mm. might be the best player in the competition within two or three years. Yeah. And But he's not underrated though. I'm not saying he's underrated. I'm not saying people don't know about him, but I'm saying he still suffers from Vic bias, I think. 100%. As does Toby Green, who just destroyed Carlton. <laughs> yeah. Who, I, I just did a tweet. It's easy to win 11 straight games when you don't face Toby Green. Yeah, I hear He's the best player in the world. He's sick. I don't think he's the best player in the competition. But he's I the best hear. player in any sport in the world, <laughs> in my opinion. Better <laughs> than Michael Phelps at swimming. Yeah. So, Suvlaki's to recap, Broden. Live show attendees, Nick Larky, the return of the full forward, Buddy or Errol Goulden? Lance. Yeah, Gordon can have a Suvlaki in the future. He's still got many years. Oh, he's got many Suvlakis to come. All right, give us the headlines. All right, here's my big headline. We predict the headlines for the week. Here's the very likely one. Usually I go for something that I semi-believe in and sort of like I think they'll say this because I believe it. Yeah. Today I'm not doing that. I just really went like, what is this cynical media cycle going to spit out? Scrap the buy. 
Yep. Scrap the vibe. There'll be a... This two-week break is too long. Too long. Like, there'll be that this 100%. week. 100%. Um, there will be... I think a, there'll be some sort of... Uh, it's crazy the negativity around AFLW kind of... should. There'll be someone who'll say something awful about AFLW. Yeah, right. Because it'll be the week of AFLW starting. Some some old man yeah. will say something stupid. Yeah. That, is that probably. too broad? No, no, I, I believe... I mean, you're probably setting yourself up to be right. <laughs> but that's okay. We like Well, that. it's, you know, you, you know, we're guessing. Yeah. And this is an educated guess. Yeah. Um, here's my 50-50 could happen. Sure. Most likely going to happen. Um, what was it going to be? Uh, oh, Pies Flag. Yeah. Definitely going to happen. probably a 50-50 chance that'll happen. Um, I My 50-50 was that someone will probably jump on the Brad Scott train and say the season's too long yep i mean even i felt it like this season does feel incredibly long not that i think we should shorten it or anything but someone will go with that angle there's no way it's getting shorter no there's no way like it's got too much money for them so yeah, yeah. uh the other one that i should have said is what i was going to say before is someone will be upset lance franklin was drinking yeah which is super funny. should he be drinking yeah cane cords i know he's retired and stuff but what's the optics yeah totally and then my one that isn't isn't going to happen, but should happen is Essendon has the worst list on paper in the competition. Fair enough. I respect that. Mm. Uh, well, there's the headlines. What's And then a rec- an album recommendation or a song recommendation, Tom. Okay. So, um, OK Moon. Have what you heard that? of OK Moon, bro? No. I want to do something different this week. OK Moon was like a super group of Melbourne singer, songwriter slash producers. They did one album in 2019. They haven't done anything since. But if you like Bon Iver, What's it? One Moon? Okay Moon. Okay Moon. So you'd be, you're a fan of like softer acoustic music, right? A, a softer acoustic music, right, Braden? <laughs> softer acoustic music, like Boniverse sort of stuff. This is one of the best like sort of alternative indie soft acoustic albums that I think has ever been produced. Let's hear it. This, this album? Yeah. Yeah, so these four guys just came together and made one album together, and to my knowledge, they haven't done anything together since. Oh, that's nice. It's very beautiful. I, I think you guys should go listen. I've got something in the similar vein, but mine is from this little... There's this, this song that went up on um, TikTok mm. a while ago and just absolutely dominated, and you'd know it. You would have heard it. It's on every TikTok. Yeah. Uh, it goes like this. So this, this guy is like... 15 Yeah And just in some rural town in Russia Oh right Yeah And it's just It's just some little kid with a computer Yeah And everything he makes is really incredible So check him out It's beautiful like ambient music Yes Yeah I like that Check it out Reminds me of a guy like called Ford Check him out as well As in the car company Yeah Well That's a big week We've got a huge week of finals First we've got a week off We'll talk AFLW with you who have we got on the podcast? Who's the Wednesday guest? The Wednesday is who you're wearing. Oh, we got Ken. Yeah. Ken from Queensland Football Club. I think Club. so, unless I've mucked up your No, bar. that's great. Yeah. Ken from Queensland Football Club comes on the pod to talk about his story, which is just, if you know nothing about it, it's absolutely incredible. So he's, a, he's, the, mo- he, he's the most incredible person in the world. Yeah. But you'll hear about it on Wednesday. Until then, have a great few days. Enjoy the lead up to the footy. Bounce that wheel. Bounce that build.